This podcast is brought to you by the Gosh Learning Academy. Hello and welcome to NHS Careers Untapped. The NHS is one of the largest employers in the world, but most people when they think of a job in the NHS think of doctors and nurses. However, the NHS is so much more. There's a huge variety of jobs you can do, suiting all interests and personalities. In this podcast, we will be talking to people working in the NHS, in jobs you might never have heard of before, finding out exactly what they do, how they came to be working in that job, and what they love most about it. Today, I'm talking to Yvette and Victoria about their work as operating department practitioners at the Whittington Hospital. I hope you enjoy listening. So thank you very much to Yvette and Victoria for coming on the show today. To start with, could you just tell me about your job? What do you do? Good morning. My name is Yvette Dennison. I'm actually an ODB, um, but actually stands for Operating Department Practitioner. My role, it covers three key areas, which is anaesthetics, surgical and recovery. My main role at present is I do mainly anaesthetics. My name is Victoria Ananaya. I am a newly qualified ODP, which Yvette has already said is an operating department practitioner. It covers three key aspects, which are anaesthetic, scrub and recovery. Myself, I work in the scrub side, but I'm also able to work on the anaesthetic side as well. Okay, cool. So you work in an operating theatre and it sounds like you guys basically are essential through the whole patient pathway through theatre. So from the start to the end of a patient's operation, you're there supporting everybody else and making sure it all goes smoothly. Does that sound right? Yes. Yes, that is correct. What does a typical day look like for you then? So as a ODP, in the morning our first priority is to come in and check our equipment, check the list that you're doing, then you can prepare according to the cases that you're doing, confirming that our equipment is available, if not in advance. Then you let the anesthetist know. Then once we sent for the patient, checking the patient in. And once we've got the patient in the anesthetic room, apply the monitor to the patient, choose equipment according to the patient, the procedure. And then once the patient's asleep, if there's difficulty, we communicate with the theatre team, as in the scrub team, as when we do the brief in the morning. And... We just take it from there. Our main job as an LDP is just to anticipate. So on the scrub side, once we've had our team brief, we would know everything that's going to happen, what the order of the patients is going to be. So we make sure we have all our trays set, we have everything, we've checked all the equipment, make sure suction and everything important is working. Then from there, we would set up, so you open up the trays, have it ready for whoever's scrubbing. They would go and wash their hands, wear the surgical gowns, make sure that they're sterile and their field is also sterile as well, set up all the equipment, and then they would assist the surgeon with the operation, passing the equipment to to the surgeon. Then from there, before any incision is made, we make sure we check the consent form with the patient's wristbands, making sure we have the correct patient we're doing the correct operation and is on the correct. So if they have a mark, you need to just make sure because on the right side, it says the right side on the consent form as well. 
Then once the operation is happening, you make sure you take care of your count. So you have to do a swab count, instrument count, making sure that nothing is left in the patient. Once they're closing, we do a count again. And then at the end of the operation, we do a sign out, which is part of the WHO checklist. Then making sure we transfer the patient back onto their bed and then send them off to recovery. In recovery, this is where you check their vitals, check their wound site, make sure there's not any bleeding or any excess bleeding. If they're bleeding quite a lot, you would raise concerns to your anaesthetist and your surgeon just so, so they can keep an eye out. You'll give them pain medication if they're in any pain, making sure you're checking their vitals and just overall making sure they're okay and ready to go home or back to the ward. Wow, that sounds really interesting. How long have you both done this job for? Well, I've been doing this job for 32, nearly 33 years. I started as a ODA. And in order to do the OTA, we, at the end of it, the course, which is a two-year course, we had a city and girl certificate. And then I think about 10 years after that, then it went to two-year degree, which was a diploma. And then in the last period now, this Victoria era, it's now gone into a degree, which is a three-year rather than a two. So I've been doing this for 32 years. Wow. And how about you, Victoria? I've only been doing it for about two months. I'm recently qualified, so just two months. Okay, so Yvette's touched on this a bit already, but could you tell me a bit more about your training? So how did you get your job and what training did you need? So from A-levels, I did psychology and two sciences, which was biology and chemistry. And then I also did health and social care as well. I knew I wanted to do something medical, but I wasn't quite sure yet. So then I took a year's break and then I had a conversation with a girl that went to my sixth form and she was like, why don't you just do the only people's? Because I know you wanted to do something in health. And as I started to do my research about what an ODP is, learn about the ODP course, what is it, what does it entail? I started to realize, okay, I can be up close and personal for operations. I can assist the anesthetist. And I knew this was fitting for what I wanted to do in life. Then I went to university. I started off in Huddersfield University, where it's a three-year course. And I really didn't like it there. So I came back to London and I went to Anglia Ruskin. And that's where I completed my ODP training. So the training's three years, you said. And how much of that is studying and how much is kind of on-the-job training? So it depends on what uni you go to. As I went to two different ones, Huddersfield is you do a block of placement and then you do a block of uni. Whereas in Anglia Ruskin, you do 24 hours of placement and then one day a week at uni. And then you had one study day, which I prefer much better because then you have that continuity of learning at placement. You don't have to take a break and forget. So that made it much easier for me. And it all depends on your learning style. Yeah, definitely. Different courses might suit different people. Yeah. And how are you assessed at the end of the course? Do you have to do an exam or is it all on-the-job assessment? So when you go into placement, you are paired with a mentor. And that was my mentor on the anaesthetic side. So you have a competency book and there you are given certain tasks to complete. But on the anaesthetic side, on the scrub side and in recovery, 
So as you do that, you tick off your competencies. And then at uni, you also have OSCEs, you have some written exams and you have coursework as well. And are there any other routes into your job other than a degree course? There's a diploma and there's also an apprenticeship that has recently started. What do you both like most about your job? Let's start with you, Yvette. I think I like to see the outcome of patients being well again, knowing that when they came to hospital, they went unwell and very, very unwell, especially seeing them at the start of where you go for a cardiac arrest, see the patient and then you treat them, stabilise them, take them to ITU. There may be a few months down the line, they might come back to theatre but for a different procedure, but looking much better than first. So it's just a final outcome that won't be. So very rewarding. Yeah. How about you, Victoria? What do you like most? I like seeing the different specialities, different operations, seeing, it's a bit weird to say, but I like seeing inside people. <laughs> also, it's just, it is really rewarding seeing someone come in, in a terrible state and then they're better off when they leave. And when you go around to recovery to see how they're doing, they're just uh, just happier and feel lighter and they're relieved. My favourite thing is never seeing them again sometimes, but sometimes they do have to come back. You you do want your patients to never come back. You want them to have a better quality of life. But when they do have to come back, it is a bit sad, but you know you're still making an improvement to getting them to a state where they never have to come back as well. Yeah, definitely. What do you find most challenging about the job? Challenging... On a daily basis, I would say that this type of job as an OGP is very unpredictable. So when you come in on the day, you don't know what list you're doing, one, two, and the list can just be a standard list of maybe just simple cases, but it just takes one patient for that list to go mayhem due to complication, maybe starting from in the anesthetic room especially. So I know, I think that if the anesthetic doesn't go well, then obviously the surgery might not go ahead, might have to be postponed due to complications from the anesthetic room. I think that's mainly the base where it starts from. It's regardless of the patient not being well, and that's why they schedule for surgery or even an emergency, there's normally complications at the start in the anesthetic room. Yeah, okay, so you can, it's because these are completely unpredictable, you can't yes. always know that it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Victoria? What do you find most challenging? I would pretty much say the same. As you could think this is a standard procedure and you would be brutally like shocked that everything you thought and everything you prepared, you don't nice. have, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I would say that. And also, when you don't have the right equipment, Something so standard can just go left so quickly. So yeah. it's important to have the, like the right staff that knows where things are. So if you need it quickly, they know exactly where to get it. Yeah, sure. So it's all about being prepared so that when these unpredictable things do happen, you're in the best place to be able to deal with them. Yeah. What personal qualities or skills are needed for your job? You need to be able to use your initiatives. There are certain moments where your anaesthetist, your surgeon, or whoever you're working with might not know something, but you know in your heart that we're going to need this. So it's just stick with your guns, be confident. You have to be very confident. 
be able to be vocal and stand for your patient. Because there are times where as everyone has their own qualification and they think they know what's best for the patient. But sometimes when there's a lot of qualified people in the room, some things can go unnoticed. So just being confident to speak up and say, no, this is what needs to happen. And if you're unsure, escalate. Don't be too too proud or shy to ask for help. We're all yeah. here to for the patient. So you need to make sure you're able to ask for help and communicate. I think that's a really good answer. Yvette, do you have anything else to add? I think experience plays a big part. And I think if you, you're not confident enough and you don't feel experienced enough to be exposed to that particular situation, as Victoria said, communication is a key. You need to ask for help. I think maybe because I've been doing this for so long, so if I know that I'm going to need help, I will state to the staff, I need this, I need this. Because I know the department so well, I can actually direct someone to something. So if I need something, I'll say to Victoria, go to this room, get this. And I'm able to anticipate in advance. So I wouldn't wait until the situation occurs before I act. I start acting before it happens. Just one more thing to add. You need to be able to follow up as well. Because even though you've dedicated something to someone, you don't know if they've done it or not. So just mm-hmm. following through and having that constant communication so communication skills vital as well what do you wish other people knew about your job i think on the scrub side is scrub nurses when they're exposed to anesthetic i think they think that you just assist in is to put the patient to sleep and then you come in do your standard monitoring fluid warmer attaching equipment the right equipment and then that's it you just go back into the anesthetic room only until something happens and there's a scenario where there's complication and you start asking for things then they'll say oh but I didn't know this and I thought that Justine just did this and you and I think only until they start doing the anesthetic course that now we've had a few nurses that are doing the anesthetic course and they think oh I didn't realize you had to do so much didn't realize that ODP had to do all of this. I just thought, oh, just the anesthetist did this. I didn't know we needed to know this. And I said, this part of the bar is the ODP. For me, I would want people to know what the name ODP is, what the role is. Because when I say I'm an ODP and they're like, what's an ODP? An operating department practitioner. Oh, so you work in like theatres, like, do you do acting? No, no. <laughs> no, I work in a hospital and no, I'm not a nurse. So we specialize in theatre and then as Yvette said, a lot of people think on the anesthetic side, you're just sitting down after the patient. No, there's a lot of things that go on in the background that they're not aware about. And then also in recovery, a lot of people don't know you can work in recovery as an old DP. When I introduce myself in a team briefing, they're like, oh, so why are you on the scrub side then? So it's just being aware that as an ODP you don't just work in anaesthetics you can work in anaesthetics scrub and recovery right so actually as a role there's a lot of variety in the stuff that you can do and you're not just working in one place finally what advice do you have for students or young people who might be thinking about a career as an ODP for me I think it's a good job I I like the the diversity of covering three areas and once you train, you're qualified, like Victoria can choose to specialize in anesthetics and surgery. I like the challenges every day. And the, I think if, as an ODP, as years go by, you tend to get that buzz where 
in the morning, you come in if you're carrying a press read or what's going to happen today. You have a orthopedic list, but it's a major case, you know, that, oh, you have to get the adrenaline run. You have to start getting everything in order, thinking ahead. And when you have students as well, I like the challenge of having to say to the student, okay, this is your list. You're going to do this. I want you to get this, this, this. And I'm, and they're able to reflect that later on as in what they've learned on the day and what would their outlook be. I think it's a good career pathway for students and you can start from being just an HCA or admin person and just work your way up. The advice I would give a young person, I would say do your research. There are loads of different roles you can do in the NHS. So do your research, find out which one is best suited to you and then go for that. I would also say as a student, make sure you show that you can use your initiative, make sure you show that you're there and present. Some students come in and they just look like they don't want to be there and then, then you never get anything out of it. You need to come and show that, yes, I want to be here, I want to work here and just show that you can be an effective member of the team. So try and putting yourself out there as much as possible. Maybe work as a healthcare assistant as well. That way you get to see all angles. I worked as a healthcare assistant whilst I was doing my training and it really helped. So I would say just make sure that you're willing and show willingness. Yeah, definitely. And I think actually that's probably a really important bit of advice, whatever career you choose to go into, right? Thank you so much for speaking to me today. It's been really great to find out a bit more about your job and what you like about it and how you got into it. So thank you, Yvette and Victoria. Thank you. Thank you for listening to NHS Careers Untapped. To find out more about different career opportunities within the NHS, please check out our other podcasts available for streaming or download on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud and YouTube. You can also find out about other events happening as part of the Careers Untapped project by registering on the Great Ormond Street Digital Education Network at the link provided in the episode description and searching NHS Careers Untapped. You can also find links to a couple of other great websites to check out, including healthcarecareers.nhs.uk and skillsforhealth.org.uk. This podcast was brought to you by the Gosh Learning Academy. If you want to find out more about our work, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.